I have a question for you, my Chakra Girl radio listeners. Do you feel like you have a deep connection to your intuition, but you don't know how to use it? Almost like you know you're meant to be a healer of some kind, but you know you have so much healing you need to do on yourself first, and you have no idea where to start. Babe, if you are feeling those whispers from the universe and you're attracted to all the woo-woo things like crystals, tarot cards, you know, it's because your inner goddess knows you have a big purpose in this lifetime and she wants to show you how intuitive you really are. So the first step is to connect to your inner healer goddess archetype so that you can begin to remember those innate abilities and she's closer than you may think. So I've created a fun and easy quiz for you to tap into your subconscious and to really make a connection with your inner healing goddess archetype. And on the results page of the quiz, I'm giving you a list of exactly how to use your powers to heal yourself and to heal the collective. So go take the quiz today and get started on your goddess journey to healing yourself and elevating the collective. So go to quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. That's quiz.chakragirlco.com slash goddess. Chakra Girl Radio with Amberly Lyons is an uncut look into the lives of today's influencers to create real conversation about spirituality, modern girl problems, and the balance between vodka and green juice, gurus and Gucci. We're getting real about the chaos, mistakes, and meltdowns that come along with success. Here's your main chakra girl, Amberly Lyons. Hello, hello. Welcome to Shocker Girl Radio. Today we're talking to Scout Sobel. I'm super obsessed with her, guys. She's like just beyond cool. She's the founder and creator of By Scout, which is a mental health and culture brand, an Instagram, a podcast, and a blog. And she really poetically shares amazing content on all things literature, mental strength, art, travel, and weddings. And she's literally your cultural confidant, you guys. Let me tell you. I am obsessed with her tips in this area. She's sharing so much on this episode. She's talking about how to holistically maintain mental strength, how to use your struggles to provide support and hope for others, managing depression and bipolar disorder while continuing to thrive, and how to be more cultured and cool. And trust me, guys, she's really cool. So honesty alert, I have been in a funk lately. I don't know what's going on. Mercury's in retrograde. Shit just ain't right. Um, And I was like, what's going on? Why do I feel so weird? And I realized I have not been doing yoga. I go to a personal trainer three times a week and do Pilates once a week usually. But I have been being a dum-dum and scheduling calls when I want to go to Pilates by mistake. So I need you guys to hold me accountable to going to yoga again. I'm going to go tonight. And... It's just got to happen. I feel like I'm a different person when I do yoga. Do you guys feel the same way? Let me know. DM me. I want to know. Am I the only one who feels like a total psychopath if I'm not going to yoga? Um, so this kind of brings me into my shocker tip of the week, which has also been contributing to my funk. I need to chill on the screen time. I need to get away from my phone. I need to get away from my computer. It's just like really throwing my energy out of whack. So what I've been doing and it's been working for the last day, (laughs) um, just not having my phone beside me. 
Sounds like a crazy concept. If I'm in my office, I'll put it in the kitchen. If I'm in the washroom, I'll put it in my bedroom. If I go for a walk, I leave it at home. Um, while I'm sleeping, I leave my phone and I'll leave my phone in the kitchen. I need you guys to hold me accountable to this too. Um, but honestly, you guys, when I do that, it makes such a freaking difference. And if you think about it, when you're holding on your, to your phone and there's all these like Wi-Fi waves and insanity going on, it actually throws your chakras out of whack. There are actually stones that you can get, um, crystals that you can get that absorb, um, those little energy waves. So look into that. I know, um, that I I know that, uh, what's it called? Citrine definitely does that. Um, amethyst definitely does that. I'm sure there are some other ones too. I should have looked it up, but anyways, look it up and just be really mindful of how much screen time you're having. Cause it really like creates anxiety. Like it's almost like you're telling your brain that you have something to worry about. You have something you need to check on or, you know what I mean? If you're like constantly looking, so put it away, put it away. Sounds easy, but it's not. Um, okay. I want to talk to you guys as well about a contest that I'm doing. So I have a chakra girl meditation bundle, which is eight of my top meditations. They're literally the meditations that allowed me to change my life. And when I started doing these, I literally went from being a hot mess to Zen success. I know that's cheesy, but I'm using it. And it's a, so there's one meditation that's like, uh, for all the chakras. And then there's one meditation per chakra and also an intro to meditation audio to teach you about meditation. So super excited to be able to share that with some lucky winners. All you have to do is listen to this episode, which you're doing, subscribe to the podcast, review the podcast, rate me five stars, comment on your favorite episode, and then DM me on Instagram and let me know that you've done that all. Okay. I'm going to repeat it again. It's a lot, but it'll take you like two seconds. It's so worth it guys. So listen to this episode, subscribe to the podcast, review the podcast, rate the podcast five stars, comment on your favorite episode, and then DM me on Instagram at the chakra co. No, sorry. (laughs) The chakra girl co. And that is going to get you a chance to win the chakra meditation bundle. And guys, you've got to meditate every day. So you might as well do it with me. Don't you think? Okay, let's get into the episode. Here is Scout Sobel from By Scout. Welcome everyone to Shocker Girl Radio. So excited about today's guest. She is so fucking cool. Her name is Scout Sobel. She's the founder and creator of a brand by Scout. It's a mental health and culture brand, an Instagram podcast and blog where she poetically shares really amazing content on all things inspiring. So literature, mental strength, art, travel, and weddings. She's literally your culture, cultural confidant. And let me tell you, I need her tips in this area and I can't wait to get into that. Her podcast by Scout features different entrepreneurial and talented women to uncover mental health topics in a natural and holistic way while also aesthetically inspiring her audience. So cool. For someone who has mental issues in my family, I'm really so happy to have you here, Scout. Thank you so much for being here. 
Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. So, okay. Funniest thing. I actually had, I was dreaming last night and I don't know why I was having like this anxiety dream that you like showed up at my house to do the podcast and I was like still in bed. I was like freaking out. And then I woke up and like quickly like looked at the time and I was like, okay, she's not coming to my house. Like, what am I <laughs> so oh, you're in my so dream. <laughs> that is so good. I love it. So funny. Okay. So what I want to do is I want to get into some just rapid fire questions just so we can just know who is the real scout and get like a good girlfriend vibe from you. So what is your daily ritual? Um, my daily ritual is definitely my mornings. I wake up pretty much right when my alarm clock goes off at around 6.05 and I go get some coffee. I wait exactly 10 minutes for it to cool down. I drink my coffee and then I do a little bit of browsing on my phone, some email looks and some Instagram check-ins. And then once the coffee is kind of settled in, I do a little bit of a morning meditation where I do deep breathing and alternate between downward facing dog and child's pose um, a few times. Mm. And then I'm ready to go to work. Amazing. So I love that you let the coffee cool down. I don't know if I can trust people that just like chug hot coffee. Yeah. Right. And I have like a really sensitive tongue. So my husband will drink something and he'll be like, it's totally fine. And then I'll drink it and bam, like burns my whole tongue. So I, I know. I make my husband do the, te- I make him test it for me. And he knows like, cause I'm such a baby. He'll be like, it's fine for me, but I don't think you should have it yet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so funny. Okay. So you know what? Actually, I, I must say too, I feel like people, have you, have you ever heard of like HSP? No. So it's like highly sensitive person. And it's like, yeah, oh, me too. And I swear, like most people that I talk to that are HSP have like the sensitivity to hot as well. That's so interesting. So, you know, if it allows me to be like a more sensitive and empathetic person and I have to burn my tongue, I'll take it. So be it. So be it. (laughs) So worth it. Awesome. Okay. What is your go-to cocktail order? Um, I'm just a Sauvignon Blanc girl, Mm. Um, but when I'm not drinking wine and I'm getting a little crazy, I'll go for a skinny margarita. Oh, I love a friggin' margarita. They're so good. I love tequila so much. It's like, it's like my favorite thing to drink ever. Did you ever have the skinny girl tequila? The, um, I have not. Okay. Me neither. I've had the skinny girl vodka but not the tequila, but I feel like I don't do vodka. Do not do the vodka. Really? I mean, I mean, I won't say I like it, but it's kind of one of the easier ones to go down. I would say for myself, it's like the healthiest or least. Actually, I feel like tequila is like healthier. Yeah. Tequila is pretty clean. Yeah. Okay. Well, you heard it here first. If you want to be healthy, drink tequila. Drink tequila. (laughs) (laughs) What is your worst habit? My worst habit. Oh my god, I have a few. Um, <laughs> so many. <laughs> I definitely overeat. I think right now that's my worst habit. Like I don't know when to stop eating. You know what I mean? Okay, I actually like. I'm going to be talking about that today as well. Oh, cool, exactly perfect. the same. That's the habit that I'm working on right now in my life, and it's really fucking difficult. <laughs> I know. I know. One thing that really helped me. Um, 
was I actually talked to this. It was like a friend of mine. We were like in a mastermind together, but she is a, I don't even know what to call it. She basically talks to people that have like eating. She helps people that have like eating disorders of all kinds. Mm -hmm. And one thing that really helped me is she was like, eat in the gray area. Like it's okay that it's not the healthiest thing on the menu, but it should also taste good. And I was like, okay. So you don't have to yeah, like chicken breast with like no sauce. But Maybe. yeah, I mean, yeah. but it all comes down to portions. So that doesn't really help if you're eating like seven helpings <laughs> of the gray area. <laughs> I love that. Um, what is your guilty pleasure? Oh, The Bachelor. Oh, yes. And literally, like I used to be the girl that judged every Bachelor fan. I judged the shit out of the entire franchise. And then one day I finished binging, binging a show and I really wanted something else. And The Bachelor was just on Hulu. So I was like, okay, whatever. Let me just watch one episode. And literally all it took was one episode. And I'm so highly hooked. So addictive. What, epi- what season was it? It was Crystal's season, which is like not the best season now that I'm looking back on it. But um, yeah, it was his season. So I've been watching religiously ever since then. What did you think about Ari's season? Okay, so here I go. Um, I I really I liked it personally. Like I liked all the girls. I people like call him the most hated bachelor, but I'm like, you know, this situation is pretty difficult, and I can see how one would make decisions that they shouldn't have made. And so I think it ended up pretty well. Like, yeah, he broke Becca's heart, but what was he going to do? Stay with her and not love her? You know what I mean? So. I agree. I actually thought he was the best bachelor. Me too. I really liked him. He was like, had a good personality. I'm like, I could have a good time chatting with that guy. He was really nice. Yeah. He was like such a genuine catch. I felt like he just, he just messed up. He let the pressure and the emotions of the show get the best of him. And he made a mistake. Like, I don't know why everyone was like out to kill him. No. And what I loved about him was when he like got pissed off at Crystal and was just like so over it. He oh, like, yeah, really told best. her. <laughs> that, was, that was the best. That was, but I also just kind of like want to be friends with her. I feel like. Crystal? Yeah. There's just something about her. I just feel like I need to be around her. She's from San Diego where I live and she teaches and my family friends used to go to her classes all the time. Oh my gosh. Okay. So you're my connection. I should hit her up on class pass. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Okay. What is your guilty pleasure other than The Bachelor? Other than The Bachelor? Um, oh, the Bachelor is like my main guilty pleasure. Um, that one's hard. I would say, unfortunately, nicotine. Oh, okay. I used to smoke cigarettes and I quit nicotine and I like just started up recently using one of the e-cigarettes and mm. that's a bad guilty pleasure. It's more of a bad habit, I suppose, but yeah. Okay. Um, yes. But I will say like, sometimes I look at people that smoke and I think they look so cool. <laughs> oh, duh. Are you kidding me? I'm like the first person to talk about how fucking great cigarettes are for the world, but I know. Like, like, I, I've always like get nauseous. Like anytime I was the girl who like tried smoking, tried to be cool with like my older boyfriend at like a party with all his friends and then threw up everywhere. So like smoking was never for me, but I always wished I could have one of those long cigarettes in a holder and just like look really cool. 
Yeah, I never got one of those, and I really should have because now my smoking days are over, and I have to smoke this dumb e-cigarette. I think um, those are cool too. They're the new e-cigarettes are the new long smoking stick. Yeah, they are seriously. So oh, I'm down. Yeah, I'm down. That's me. <laughs> what is your favorite cheesy movie? My favorite cheesy movie, probably The Holiday. It's not that cheesy, but it's not. You know what I mean? Yeah, actually, that was a good movie. Yeah, or like any Nancy Myers movie, I feel like they're like a little cheesy, you know what I mean? Yeah, like Chick Flicky for sure. Yeah, Chick Flicky. Okay, so you recently got married. What is your top tip for new brides? Um, to get everything done as early as possible. That way you're not scrambling for the wedding because no matter how organized and how much you've done the two weeks leading up to the wedding are so intense Mm. and I got most everything done so it was just like I had to do little small things but um I think that helped the stress level kind of like balance itself out because it's just gnarly the two weeks before your wedding so I would say get as many of your vendors squared away and everything you can do possible like Try to finish about three months before your wedding is kind of what I did. And it really helped me. Yeah. And then you can just like enjoy the process and have fun, which it's supposed to be. Yeah. Because it's like bound to be stressful regardless of how prepared you are. So you might as well be as prepared as possible. Totally. Okay. Amazing. Good to know. So we'll get more into the wedding stuff later because I want to hear more about it. But I just want to know more about everything you're doing. And I love that you touch on mental strength and all your content. And that's something for a long time that was kind of like hidden or taboo for people to talk about. So I want to know, like, what was your process of deciding to take a stand? Yeah. So I started my blog January, 2017, and I read a piece of information or advice that said, whatever you just can continuously write about, like whatever subject just flows out of you, that's the subject you should be focusing on. Um, But I also really wanted to incorporate a cultural aspect in it, but I found myself writing so many self-help articles, like um, discipline or determination and talking about procrastination and just, it just kept flowing out of me, all these um, self-help topics. And as I kind of grew my Instagram, the word authentic, which kind of makes me cringe now, but it's so overused, but the word authentic was really being thrown around. And I felt not like a fraud, but I felt as if I had projected a certain image of me that was far from the truth. Uh, Because in reality, I've dealt with mental illness since I was 13 or 14. Mm -hmm. So something inside of me was like, I need to tell these people and my followers that I have this other side to me that isn't perfectly curated um, and just in an effort to be more real. And also for me, like I got to a point with my bipolar, I was like, fuck it. I don't want to hide anymore. I don't want this to be something that I have to tiptoe around with people. Like I want people to know and I want them to know exactly what goes on in my life. I want them to know exactly what bipolar looks like. And so I made the plunge and I, um, inter- not interviewed. I recorded a podcast episode where I told my story. I had no notes, no outline, nothing. I just sat there, just me in the studio and just kind of poured everything out. And these were things that I didn't even tell most of my close friends. Um, so it was definitely a big confession in that sense. But the response that I got was so overwhelming 
Um, a lot of people reached out to me, girls that were struggling with mental illness reached out to me. And so I definitely believe it was the right decision. And I feel more aligned with my purpose if I'm being honest about my life experiences. I think that's so important because there's so many people out there being like, this is how you should live your life. And it's like, okay, I don't think you're perfect. <laughs> like to be real with us. Like I want to learn from your experiences. I want to know what you tried and how it worked. You know, I don't want, I don't want to think that the person telling me how to live my life has had this perfect upbringing because there, there's like no connection there. Yeah. And that's what my content started feeling like I was giving out all this advice, but like no one knew that I actually lived through it. And that's why I was giving that advice. So yeah. it felt kind of like the necessary, but it was really scary to be honest. I was pretty um, nervous when I, you know, posted it, but it, it was definitely the right thing to do in my opinion. Yeah. So like huge props that obviously was not an easy thing to do. So how did you find the courage to do that? Um, you know, I've always been really open. So I tell anyone and anyone, like literally I'll tell anyone that I'm bipolar um, but I realized that I never told them what that means. And that's where I got stuck. And I was sitting in therapy and suddenly I just had this breakthrough and I just accepted wholeheartedly that I was bipolar and this is my struggle and this is what I live with. And once I accepted it, I didn't want to hide anymore. I didn't want to feel like I couldn't share what was going on in my brain because there's a stigma attached to it. And therefore I felt ashamed of my bipolar disorder. And I was sick and tired of feeling ashamed of it. Like if I had diabetes, I wouldn't be ashamed of having diabetes. So why was I sitting here with the disease, but feeling so ashamed? So I really went on a mission for my own personal journey and growth to destigmatize and remove that shame from me, from the shame that I was feeling and just be open with everybody, like and not a little bit open. Like I went all the way. I said things in that podcast episode that are probably super scary and no one really wants to hear. But I was like, if I'm going to do this, I need to itch out every single aspect of what being bipolar means to me. And how do you define or describe what it means to you? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough, it's a good question. Bipolar means that I am dealt with a certain number of adver adversary that lives in my brain. So I have a brain that enjoys turning against me. I have a brain that enjoys beating me down and ruining my life. But it also means that I have an opportunity to challenge those adversities and to challenge the disease and turn it into strength. Um, and I think that part is super important. So for me, bipolar is like my best friend because it hangs out with me more than like any other person. Mm -hmm. um, but it's also my enemy. And um, I just always have to stay rooted in the fact that I, I need to constantly be fighting and battling um, to maintain a healthy lifestyle. I mean, as like, as much of a struggle as that is, that's such a beautiful way to describe it. And I think that's going to be really helpful for people to hear for sure, because yeah, I just feel like people don't really know. And there is such a negative stigma, but 
just like you said, like you have the opportunity to learn so much more about yourself. So is it possible to like overcome it or is it just something you have to work on every day and continue to, to learn and to grow? In my situation, it's something that I have to learn to just overcome and continue to meet it. Um, it, my bipolar disorder keeps knocking on my door. Other people might, you know, they reach a certain age and they've overcome it or it fades or their brain chemistry changes or whatever. For me personally, um, I mean, this past year, full transparency has been one of the toughest years of my bipolar. It just kept coming at me episode after episode after episode. So for me, it's a continuous fight. Um, and the only thing that I remind myself over and over is like, there's no option. You cannot give up. Like that's not an option. So, um, I always kind of rise up to the occasion, even though I might have a few setbacks in the end, I, I always get through them. Is it kind of the thing, like the better the things are going in your life, the more the bipolar shows up to be like, you don't deserve this. Like, let's try and like break it down. Yeah, I did a little bit of that. Um, I've identified, I mean, I have like a few triggers, um, but, and like, if I'm feeling unstable in an area of my life, usually then my bipolar will flare up. Um, so after my wedding and the honeymoon, I came down. And I got super depressed and suicidal. And so my trigger was that my wedding ended, but like a normal bride doesn't get suicidal after their wedding. Right. So it's just kind of, it comes and it goes and there's triggers or there's no triggers. And I take it, you know, each time it comes my way and I figure out how to get out of each episode, even though it's extremely painful at times. Well, I mean, you're really like a testament of someone who is like continuing to thrive and to share and to like be so successful despite having these ups and downs. And that's, I mean, really what this podcast is about is like sharing that it's not always fucking easy and that most people have shit going on behind the veneer and like the, you know, what they're putting out there. So I love that you're really just being so raw about it. No, thank you. That means a lot. Um, what advice can you give someone to kind of like break their silence and either like either seek help or even if there's someone who's found help and has kind of like found the tools to actually come out and be the voice for those who haven't? I would say just do it. Um, if you're struggling with a mental illness and you're having difficulty telling people, um, you definitely need a support system around you. That's one of the most important things. So reaching out to whoever it is just that step alone is so monumental and important. Um, and then you don't have to be open about it to, to everybody like I am, but definitely have a core group of people that know you, that know the disease, um, educate them on your behaviors and what your mental illness looks like for you so that in a time of relapse or in a time of a downward spiral, they can identify behaviors in you and help you get back up. I think not being alone in, in the process is super important. And although it's really scary and it might take those around you a little bit of time to fully comprehend because it's not, it's a very abstract disease. It's not like everybody just understands it right off the bat. You know, it, it took my dad reading a lot of articles online to fully understand my bipolar disorder and understand the way the disease works so I would recommend getting a core support group under you, under your belt because that 
because there's times when you can't fight for yourself. Like you're so depressed or you're so anxious or you're suicidal or whatever it is. And you can't fight for yourself. You need to fight for somebody else. So pick that person, call them up, let them know and reach out for help. I think it's really important. That's so true. I have, um, I've always struggled with, I don't know if you've heard of pure O, it's like a form of OCD where it's just like obsessive thoughts and usually like negative about yourself. And I've, that's something that I've struggled with for a long time. And it was something that I really had to talk to my friends about. Cause I was like, if I start going this pattern and I start, you know, calling you and like complaining about these things and saying these negative things about myself, like, don't just say what I want to hear. Like, don't just be like, oh my God, no, Amberly, you're so great. Like, I, I need you to like, kind of like, <laughs> and I mean, like, it's not the same for everyone, but I had to tell them how to like handle the situation. And no, so that's like, perfect. That's so important that you have people that know how to handle the situation. Yeah. Like you can't have friends that are just like, you know, people pleasers and like trying to tell you what you want to hear. Because if you're looking for validation or you're looking for like approval or you're looking for whatever it is, you're kind of like, it's kind of like feeding into it in, in my situation anyway. So I had to be like, don't tell me what I want to hear. <laughs> That's awesome. That's such a great step that like a lot of people don't take, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it, it like, and I think obviously the first step is just knowledge. Like what are your triggers? Like what, and what are your reactions to those triggers? And what does that look like? And um, it just takes kind of like being an observer of yourself. Um, yeah, rather than like just, yeah, rather than just like always clinging to the, to the emotion, like you have to kind of like step outside of it and it doesn't even, and that's not necessarily only for people that have like particular mental illnesses. I feel like that's for everybody. Like you have to be so clear on what your triggers are, um, that, that result in, you know, different ups and downs. Yeah. That's why I call my articles mental strength. Because I don't think that, well, I think that everybody can use these tools. Like everyone should be looking at their thought patterns and recognizing where there's some toxicity or some negative self-talk and changing that. Like everyone can be taking care of their mind and everyone should be taking care of their mind just the way we all go to the gym and stuff like that. So kind of reaching a more universal audience with self-help is really important to me. Totally. Do you have any like key books that you, that you would recommend or, um, you know, people that you follow that are really inspiring, not necessarily just for people with bipolar disorder, but with any, you know, for any kind of mental strength? Yeah. I'm a huge fan of Gabrielle Bernstein. Mm, love her. Um, yeah. She kind of puts the spirituality into the self-help talk world, which I find to be very helpful. Um, another book that I love is called The Anatomy of the Spirit by Caroline Mice. Again, it has somewhat of a spiritual overtone. I prefer self-help books with spiritual um, guidance, um, but that book is super good. Um, I love Tony Robbins. He's so I know. He's great. Have you ever read um, The Big Leap? No. It actually just got me thinking about that when you were saying about how like after your wedding, you kind of like went down and it's really cool. It's like kind of like this concept that we have these like upper limits of like, we think that like our happiness can only get to like a certain level and then it has to go down. Mm -hmm. And it kind of just like guides you through that. It's really interesting. It talks about like the like four fundamental fears that everyone has. And I don't know, I'm, I'm like obsessed with that book. But wow, that sounds really good. I'll have to get that. I love I'll reading. To, so. Yeah. And I'll have to get the, the links to the books that you just mentioned too, or I'll, I'll have to stock them down. Cause I don't think I've read any of them. Well, I've read, I've read lots of Gabby. 
Gabby's books. Like I'm obsessed with her, but I totally agree. I feel like the spirituality is so important um, for me anyways. And not everyone, not everyone resonates with that, but I think everyone listening to this podcast probably does. But what um, you just recently posted about your spiritual awakening, like how has that played a role in your development and kind of where did that all start? Yeah, so it kind of started with, I kind of started dabbling into a few different things. I started getting rapey. Oh my God, did I just say that? I meant to say reiki. I <laughs> started Sorry, getting God. really rapey. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Okay. <laughs> I started getting reiki, which is an energy healing. Um, I started getting cupping. I bought a crystal. I got into essential oils. I was going to yoga. And then all of a sudden I realized that the majority of the people that I was bringing on my con on my podcast completely subconsciously were women in the natural healing sphere. And so that really, once I realized that I was like, Whoa, something's going on. I'm being drawn to these healing modalities, to these female spiritual entrepreneurs, to essential oils, to crystals. Um, am I walking on a holistic spiritual path? And the answer kind of was yes but I don't know what it looks like yet. Mm. And then I went to Tulum in Mexico for our honeymoon. And we stayed at this super bohemian, um, very hippie spiritual hotel, which is kind of out of character for my husband and I, because my husband and I are very mid-century modern, modern folk. So you'd think we would go to a hotel that was like a little bit more modern, but we chose like the most bohemian hotel on the entire Tulum Strip. And they had like yoga every day and full moon circles and all this stuff. And then I was reading Gabrielle Bernstein's book, both of her books I read that week, The Spirit Junkie and The Universe Has Your Back. And all of a sudden, and I was experiencing a lot of anxiety just because I get anxious from travel sometimes and the transition and whatever. And all of a sudden, my anxiety completely subsided and I felt wrapped in like this warm blanket filled with love. And I just started praying. I started praying to my inner guide. Um, and it was weird. Like there was all these, Gabriel Bernstein talks a lot about synchronicities and how they're not just coincidence. Mm-hmm. And I had all these synchronicities start showing up to me. Like I prayed to my inner guide because I was nervous about what people were going to think of me if I decided to walk down a spiritual path. So I prayed to my inner guide to show me a sign. And I was walking down the beach and all of a sudden this song gets stuck in my head and the song wasn't playing anywhere in the hotel and it's playing in my head over and over and over and over again. And all of a sudden I'm like, wait, what song am I playing? And I kind of got mindful and listened to my thoughts. And the song was, um, if you don't like my fire, don't come around because mm. I'm going to burn one down. And I was like, holy shit, like there's my sign. Um, and stuff like that started happening all the time in in Mexico. It was absolutely insane. And my husband was even like, what is going on? Um, and so I came back home and it was harder to keep up that spiritual enlightened kind of, um, mode that I was in. And I plummeted into depression and throughout, I've been in a depressive episode for about a month now. And I've been asking, where are you? Where is this spirituality? Where did it go? How do I get it back? But I've been continuing to pray, continuing to do my meditation and deep breathing, reading self-help spiritual books, just to bring me back up a little bit to a higher vibrational level. But, um, 
it's definitely something that I can't turn my back on now that I've experienced. And it proved to be so helpful for my anxiety that um, it's definitely a path I want to continue to pursue. Okay. I'm obsessed with that story. I love everything about the synchronicities. Where was this resort? What was it called? Um, it's called Nomad Tulum, or maybe okay, that's what I thought. I, that's what I thought. Okay, I'm obsessed with that place. I haven't been yet, but it's like on my my list for like. Oh know. my gosh, you have to go. Okay. Okay. I'm so excited. This is funny. This is a sign for me. This is a synchronicity for for me because I've been like kind of stalking that place online. Oh my God. That's crazy. Yeah. Total synchronicity. That place is pure fucking magic. Well, it sounds like it. It sounds like, you know, even just being in the presence, like you literally, you literally were like in a different realm. (laughs) No, seriously. That's exactly what happened. It was crazy. Well, you know what I want to do for you? I, um, what we should do is we should schedule like a crystal. I, I do like, um, chakra activation, crystal healings, like via, you know, we could just do it online and they're like really, really powerful. So I'll set you up. Oh, that would be amazing. I love yeah. that idea. We'll keep it going. What crystal did you buy? The, I don't even know what it's called. It's the clear one, the clear okay. quartz. Yeah. Clear quartz. Perfect. That's a great one. Cause you can use that for every chakra. I like just hold it in my hand a lot and I'll just like move it around in my hand a lot when I'm working or driving or something like that. And it just helps ground me. Totally. I love that. Um, so let's talk about, well, actually, no, I want to know, cause you know, you have mentioned that you've been kind of like dealing with your, um, with your bipolar holistically. So what, um, what are your kind of like top tips? Yeah. I mean, also, I should say that I treat it holistically, but I am on psychiatric medication. So sometimes okay. that can get confusing for people. Yeah. Um, holistically healing um, through the food that I put in my body, trying to eat as clean as possible makes a huge difference. Um, I use essential oils to either ground or rejuvenate me. Um, I do yoga and meditation. I yeah, do a lot of yoga and meditation. Um, and I do a lot of praying. Mm-hmm. That's those so good. I just, yeah, yeah, like all of those things are just like moving the energy through your body and like transmuting and processing. So that's so good. Yeah. And then I also go for Reiki and cupping and acupuncture once a month. Mm, so good. Obsessed with Reiki. I do it on myself every day. Oh, Reiki. Are you a Reiki master? Um, I'm not a Reiki master. I just have my level two. Um, but I can do it. So I can do it like on myself and I can do it um, on other people in distance, but I can't like teach it. Got it. Got it. That's me. I'm a Reiki one and I really want to go and get my Reiki master. Oh my God. You totally should. Um, Okay. So I want to talk about kind of like the other side of your content. You have this like amazing medley of like literature, art, travel, like what inspired all of that? Like, what did you want to be when you grew up before you knew that you could literally do all of it? Yeah, when I grew up, I wanted to be the editor-in-chief of a fashion magazine, Um, but I always had, like, two sides of me. Like, one, I was reading, when I was 13 years old, I was reading Teen Vogue every month, but I was also reading the, like, uh, Allen Ginsberg poetry at the same time. So there's always, like, this cultural fashion literature thing. I've been writing since kindergarten, and I started writing poems in sixth grade. Um, and I always had an interest in art, culture, fashion. And so when I started by Scout, I wanted 
to put an emphasis on the things that I love because at the end of the day, like I fight bipolar so that I could be interested and live life. So I wanted to kind of explore what that inspirational life would look like via blog articles. I love that. Just like continuing to like enrich yourself with the things that really light you up. And I think that's so important. If you, so if people listening wanted to get more cultured, including myself, what is the first step to take? I feel like I know nothing about art. It's so interesting to me. Um, I feel like all I know is about Monet because of that line from Clueless. Do you remember? Oh my God, you're amazing. My husband would love that. His favorite movie is Clueless. (laughs) She's a full-on Monet. Um, (laughs) So yeah. So how can people just like immerse themselves and like get more cultured? Yeah. um, Reading for sure is like one of the main ways, especially like, I mean, of course, going out into your city and finding the art museums and attending um, maybe poetry readings and stuff like that is good. But if you can't get places or you want to expand your mind even more, just pick up books, you know, and reading fiction even uh, can give you a sense of culture. Um, So it doesn't have to be nonfiction. Like it doesn't have to be like an art history book, but it could be um, like a novel and you, you'll learn a lot about culture that way. So I would say reading is like number one and then getting out there and going to activities like art museums um, or as I said, poetry readings. I would say the perfect way to start. I, yeah. And I love what you said about fiction books because I never think of that. Like I always just read like self-help books or like spiritual books, but I, I learned so much from fiction books too, like almost like more because you can like apply it to like your actual life. I don't know. I, I think that's such no, a No, 100%. Tip. I'm such a fiction reader. Okay. Uh, my favorite author is uh, Haruki Murakami. He's a Japanese writer and he's amazing. You should look into him. Okay. I'm writing myself a note right now. You said Haruki Murakami? Haruki Murakami. Murakami. Okay. Yeah. Amazing. Done. I love that. Everyone listening, go pick up a fiction book, get more cultured, and then we can talk about it as if we're really sophisticated. (laughs) We won't only talk about reality shows like I usually do. I love reality shows too, unfortunately. (laughs) It's all about balance. You just got to balance them both. I love it. So what is one tip that you want to share with the audience about success and how to keep following your passions, even when it's fucking hard? Oh, there just like, can't be another option. Like the only option you have to maintain is that you're going to get through it. You're going to be successful. You're going to get it done. Thinking otherwise is just not an option. That's the only way that I've stayed sane and I've stayed moving through it is like, I have no option, but to get through this, but to get better, but to be successful. Mm -hmm. And when you feed that thought into your brain, you slowly start to overcome. So true. Like cut off the plan B, burn the safety net. It's like, you have to just keep going. And I just find like, sometimes it like, if someone is in something with just one foot in, like they're basically going to start making them excuses to pull that foot back out. Like you need to jump in with two feet. Yes. A hundred percent. hundred percent. I love it. So how can people get in your circle today? What do you mean? Like find like out. How can the- they like start getting your tips and like 
all of that today? Yeah, they can listen to my podcast. Um, my podcast has like a little bit of an entrepreneurial theme to it too. So if there's any women out there who are hustling, um, my guests give out super great tips, which is really always, always helpful. Um, the best place to follow me is my Instagram. That's where I put most of my content these days. Um, which is at by.scout and that's by.scout. Um, and there you can find all the information for my podcasts and blog. Amazing. I love it. So before I let you go, I have a little segment called Manic Moments and Manifesting, where we talk about the last meltdown that we had. And then we also talk about something that we've manifested lately. A good thing. So my last meltdown. So I it's hard for me to come up with two of these a week because I record two podcasts a week, but I'm, even though I'm a totally dramatic person, but I honestly <laughs> think I was like, as you we were talking about, I have been eating the shittiest fucking foods. Like, and like, I mean, I'm not like that bad, but like when I eat, I eat, like we had Thai food. We had, I had Greek food last night and I've just like not had my shit together, like not getting groceries, like just like being just a nightmare. I also, one of my, um, my copywriter, she sent me these beautiful chocolates from London and I can't just have one. Like I'll have a handful, like, <laughs> like I'll have six. <laughs> so that's my meltdown. I haven't found a solution yet, but <laughs> looking for it. Um, but I, I, I will say, I feel like I was even talking to my personal trainer about it today. And he said that he's even been doing this lately. So I'm like, maybe it's because it was like right before mercury retrograde maybe something was going on where people were feeling really hungry I don't know but hopefully retrograde started yesterday so maybe it'll kick me back into being a normal human and eating normal human amounts that's funny I was just asking my friend if mercury was in retrograde oh it just yeah just as of yesterday (laughs) as of yesterday do you do people go crazy before during or after I swear. So so that's the thing. I mean, they say that it's during, I feel like what happens during is that like old patterns come up or like old things that you haven't dealt with yet do come up. But for me, I feel like this like crazy eating has been like for the last week. So I don't know what the hell is going on or if, I don't know. I just don't even know what to think, but we'll see. We'll feel into it and I'll keep you guys updated. (laughs) So what is your latest manic moment or meltdown? Oh my god. Okay, can we be real? Because oh, real, now. real talk. <laughs> real talk. I haven't even shared this with my followers yet, but I had a suicidal breakdown, and my family had to watch me for the whole week. Oh my and god, it was a shit show. I was just a hot fucking mess. Um, I got out of it now, so I can laugh about it. You have to have humor, by the way, people. You have to have humor about stuff like this because so true. It'll tear you down. So just looking back, like, whoa, I was a hot mess. Yeah. Okay. Well, if we're getting really real, like I had a huge fight last night with my husband. I was being a psychopath and texting oh, no. him like every five minutes. Oh <laughs> like, no, I've had those. <laughs> I was like literally being insane. Um, Okay. So good to know we're getting really real and that's okay. Everyone's insane sometimes. Yeah. And you've got to laugh at yourself. (laughs) Totally. hundred percent. And I feel like it diffuses it. Actually, um, have you read any of Brene Brown's books? No, but this is the second time this week someone said that to me. Okay. So you have to read The Gifts of Imperfection. 
Okay. And she talks about guilt and shame. Like those are her like topics. And she talks about how like the only way to diffuse them is to talk about them and like make humor of them. Otherwise it literally won't go away. Like if you're shameful or guilty about something and you don't talk about it, it literally will like rot inside of you. Yeah, exactly. That's why I feel like I'm pretty open. Cause like at the end of the day, like you have to laugh at yourself. You have to be able to talk about things and you have to be able to move forward. Yeah. A hundred percent. And yeah, I mean, you've moved forward. Me and my husband are getting along great today and everything everything moves forward. Everything cycles. Okay. So next, a manifestation. So I'll say mine. So my husband, um, okay. So he was like working in nine to five and like, I don't. So it's like frustrating because I like always want to travel and like do stuff. And I just like feel lonely at home. So we just kept like saying like, oh, like we kept saying like, let's just like retire you. Like, let's just figure it out and like make sure you can just like retire this year, like really early. And um, we kind of like had a plan and we were like, okay, maybe like by June. And that's kind of like what we were thinking. But yesterday, his entire company got shut down and he got like an amazing severance. So we good. Wow, that's amazing. I know. And he's like, I feel so bad because I manifested this and now everyone's out of the job. It's my fault. I was like, well, maybe it's for the best for them too. Oh my God, that's hilarious. Yeah. So it was kind of, it's kind of been a crazy thing. Now there's like a new, I don't know, just kind of like a new chapter for us, but I feel like it'll be good. He'll force me to take breaks and we can like have fun during the day. We can travel. He can help me with the dog. And That's amazing. Good. Yeah. What about you? What have you manifested? Um, so I also have a company on the side called the Muse Digital and we're a social media agency. Mm. And I manifested getting a few new clients this week. Like I seriously was like, this is going to happen. And sure enough, we are almost closing deals on two clients. So exciting. I love that. I'll have to check the agency out too. And we'll like share links to it in the show notes. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, it's Your really social fun. media is amazing. So you have like such a great eye and like such a great aesthetic. It's just like so pretty and cool and trendy and I'm obsessed. Thank you. You'll love the Muse Digital's Instagram. It's like my baby right now. I just started growing it. Okay. I need to follow ASAP. Um, Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. I've just loved getting to know you more and hearing all the amazing things that you're up to and all of the things that you've been through and how you're using those to, you know, propel yourself forward and propel other people forward. Like God, like what else could be fucking better than someone who's learning and growing and sharing with the world? You're so sweet. This was so fun. I loved coming on. Yay. I'm so glad. And we'll definitely have to have you on again. So thank you so much and we'll chat very soon. Sounds good. Bye. Thank you so much for being a chill Chakra girl and tuning in to Chakra Girl Radio. Don't forget to subscribe and give us a five-star rating. You can find more info on Chakras and on Amber Lee at thechakragirlco.com and follow all the glam and grounded goodness on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at thechakragirlco. Amber Lee loves engaging with her listeners, so DM her anytime.